Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today I had the opportunity to chat with Abby Golhar from Real Estate Deal Talk. And we talked all about how to invest in real estate. And Abby is nothing short of an expert in this subject. So I thought that this would be just a great opportunity to talk a little bit more in depth about real estate, about investing in real estate, and how the heck do you get started? So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Abby. Brain. All right, 
Abby, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Uh, like I mentioned to you before, you know, real estate and real estate investing, I always get so many questions from the listeners about these topics. It seems that, you know, um, millennials are just still fascinated as, as kind of the previous generations with, with buying a home. But what I'm really seeing is kind of this er- upsurge in, you know, wanting to know about investing in real estate. So I was wanting to just start out if you could give a little bit of background about yourself and maybe how you got into the real estate, you know, investing world. Sure. No, great question. Thanks for having me on your show. Super, super excited. And uh, that's a, that's a really good question. I think, you know, my journey really begins in college. It begins with understanding who I wanted to be. And it's kind of weird because I went to college. I finished uh, Michigan 2006. So I started, I was there for a four-year stint, finished my engineering degree in 2006. So I was there from 2002 to 2006. During that time, you know, I thought to myself, you know, engineering is cool. It's good, but I want a little bit more juice out of my life. I want to control it. I want to command it. And I want to spend it with who I want, when I want, on my own terms. And I thought to myself, you know, let me read a bunch of books about how people all the rich people, all the most successful people that I know, that I read about, how they generated their wealth and how they were able to live the life that they want. And one thing was in common with almost everybody, and that was investing in real estate. And so that's where my journey began. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Kiyosaki, so I have to shout out to that. Sure. (laughs) That should be on everybody's bookshelf. Absolutely. If you haven't read that book, go out. I don't care what you're doing. Pause this podcast. Go out. Go to Amazon. Get it. And it's super, super crucial. And so I read that book, and then I read a bunch of other books in a series. I followed up with um, I Think and Grow Rich, and I just kept going on this entrepreneurial kind of personal development, self-realization journey. And it took me to surround myself with people in the real estate world, mortgage brokers, appraisers, accountants, CPAs, attorneys. And I thought to myself, you know, maybe it's time that I dove in and started to do a flip or a renovation deal. And I mean, I was 18, 19, I had no idea what I was doing. And you're and fearless then, then, right? <laughs> yeah, And it's totally. like, whatever, I, this, this money thing, if I make it or lose it, uh, you know. Yeah. And what's funny is now is the time, you know, now exactly. is the time to do something because when you're married, you have kids and, you know, five dogs running around your white picket fence, you're not going to have the time or the energy or the risk tolerance to even explore real estate investing. So, you know, if you're a millennial and you're listening to this, take some action after this because, you know, you can go to uh, bigger pockets, you can find a bunch of forums online, you can shout out to Shauna or to me, uh, ask questions because now is the time to really get it. So I started investing in inner city Detroit. And if you have a chance to meet me, I'm, I'm like this five foot five, 124, 125 pound <laughs> guy. And I remember one of my biggest learning moments was I was doing a renovation deal in inner city, inner city of Detroit. My contractor calls me. This is after my 17 hour credit load at Michigan. He's like, Hey, Abby, I need you to come down to the property. And it's snowing and a long, uh, long story short, I get there. He is a shop vac waiting for me in the family room. And I'm like, okay. I know what a shop vac is, but why is it there? And then I hear running water. I go to the basement. I'm neck deep in water. It's unbelievable. And I had this, oh, crap moment. And it didn't help that it was snowing. It didn't help that I was in like a 92 Honda Civic DX with bald (laughs) tires and zero-wheel drive and a total crap car. But I realized in that moment that, holy cow, as scared as I am, it's a heck of a learning opportunity. 
And I use that amongst other successes and failures that I've had in the real estate investing world to now propel myself to continue to do uh, new construction deals in Atlanta, Charlotte, uh, renovation deals, development deals, even multifamily rental buying holds for the long term. And I know that's a super, super short, you know, two minutes, but um, you got to start somewhere. You know, I, that's the biggest thing is starting somewhere, reading books, shaking a hand and saying, how can I help and where can we go together? What do you think some of your um, biggest lessons maybe that you learned from those early experiences? What, what were some of those lessons that kind of helped shape where you're at now? I would say have a team around you that knows a heck of a lot more than you do. And I had an ego trip about that when I was just starting out. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm fresh out of college or even in college. I'm at a good university. I know what I'm doing. You know, I got this. Right, you know, right. I got this. No problem. No problem. You know, I, I, I'm doing well in class. You know, whatever. Nobody can tell me anything. But that is like the worst attitude to have because you don't. At that point in time, I didn't allow the mentors that I really needed to come into my life. And so I let into my life people that were not able to help me as much as I needed. And I feel like my growth would have been tenfold if I only turned off the ego play and the arrogance and said to myself, listen, you know nothing, so go learn from somebody that has been successful and have them prove to you that they're successful. And now I do just that. Yeah, that's a very good tip. Yeah, when you when you can take your ego out and, and uh, you know learn from other people, I think it definitely makes a world of difference. Absolutely, and it's crucial. I mean, you know, when you're just starting out, who do you have? You have three people: me, myself, and I. Right. <laughs> and yeah, and and you know, you get the you get the business cards for free from Vista Print or whatever, <laughs> and you go and you try to hack it, right? You try to hustle and you try to hack the real estate world, investing world. You try wholesaling and then maybe do a flip with a partner or a mentor and you still don't know what's going on. You still don't know how to value property. You still don't know anything. And the biggest thing that I can say, if there's one thing out of, out of everything that I've done in the real estate investing world, it's anal the analysis of property. Analyze your deals to a T, but also don't get into paralysis of your analysis. Be able to say, okay, you know what? I've done the best analysis that I could on, say, this flip or this development deal or whatever it is. And now I'm going to go seek advice from people that have been there and done that. And they're more than happy to help you. You know, I'm sure if somebody called you up, Shauna, and said, hey, you know, I'm looking for this person and you're a super inspiration. You have this awesome podcast. I listen to you every time you, you release a podcast. Can you help me? And it's that go-getter attitude that's going to separate that person that's asking you that question than, you know, me, the arrogant idiot that says, oh, whatever, Sean, I don't need you. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. So let's say somebody listening, you know, and this is a question I get from a lot of people is, you know, um, I, I'm out of debt, you know, I, I'm saving, you know, a good amount of money every month. I want to start investing in real estate. Where in the world do I start? That's a good question. And there are two answers to that. One, start in your backyard because there, there are deals everywhere. Secondly, if you want to minimize risk and you want to maximize your return, start out wholesaling real estate. And you don't need a license for this. And all you're really doing is you're finding a motivated seller. Somebody say you're riding your bike, you're driving around or you're an Uber, whatever. 
or say you're hustling, right? You're hustling, you're an Uber driver, and all you're doing is you're just driving around these neighborhoods. Write down some of the addresses of property that you see overgrowth. You know, you have the shingles coming out of the roof. Maybe you have a blue tarp over the roof. Signs of homes that have that are in disrepair, disrepair and homes that have not been kept up nicely. And you'll see those. You'll see those. And what you're going to do is you're going to send them a letter. You're going to write down the address and you're going to send them a letter saying, you know, hi, my name is Shauna and I'm interested in purchasing your home. I'm looking, I'm an investor and I'm looking for homes in the area to buy. Give me a call. Here's my number, email address and a return mailing address they can get in touch with you at. And now guess what? Now you have a few folks that are contacting you that are interested in selling their property. They're motivated to sell their property. Now, you have a motivated seller, and all you got to do is go find a buyer, and it's a little bit easier. It's a lot easier than most people make it out to be, and all you're going to do is you're going to go to two places. One, hit up Craigslist and go to the real estate for sale section, type in at the, at the top, buy real estate or investment property, mm-hmm. get in touch with those people, get in touch with those people, and send them an email and say, hey, I have this property I just found for sale. Do you want it? The second place you can go is your local real estate investment association. Market that deal there and you will find investors. And that's where you start. You start with understanding your local market and understanding how real estate deals work. Interesting. And what kind of, you know, I I get this question too, what kind of um, savings or cash, you know, should someone have laying around? I mean, should they they have a lot or, you know, can they put some deals together and make some money off real estate without having, you know, a huge chunk of change? Are there any secrets to that? You know, it's not, um, it's definitely not as crazy as people make it out to be. You don't need 10, 15, 20, 30, $40,000 to make something work. When you're putting a property under contract, sometimes you don't even need anything. You don't need any money. Sometimes. And the only deter- the only factor there is going to be how well you negotiate what's called an earnest money deposit, where, you know what, I'm going to take your property off of the market. Here is, say, 100 bucks or $200 or $500 as an earnest money deposit so that I can sign a contract with you. Sometimes you don't have to put down anything. And that earnest money deposit amount, that's refunded to you within a couple of days if you execute that agreement correctly. And let's say you let's say you find a property, put it on a contract, and you have a 10-day due diligence time frame. If you find a deal, if you find that that deal doesn't work, cancel the contract, you're getting your money back. But after that 10 days, your $500 to $600 goes hard, meaning you're not getting that back, and now you're in a position to potentially sell that property for a significantly higher amount to a buyer. So to answer your question directly, I would suggest starting with less than $2,500, $3,000. You don't need a whole lot, especially if you do it right. And do you think, I mean, is that, um, is that for even like if you're in a big metro area like a, you know, L.A., Chicago, Houston, or does that strategy work kind of in smaller markets? I would say that strategy would work in smaller markets, just kind of thinking logically, because in larger markets, you're going to have a lot more competition. In Atlanta, our earnest money deposits, they're generally between $1,000 and $3,000. Just to secure a single family, 
property that we want to buy or a single family uh, residential development that we want to put together. Sometimes it's a little bit more. You know, if we're taking down a hundred unit apartment complex, that earnest money deposit, it's going to be fifty to sixty to seventy thousand dollars. So, I would say in larger markets, expect to spend between a fifteen hundred and three, four, five thousand bucks. In smaller markets, even if you drive outside of Atlanta, maybe in maybe thirty minutes or an hour, it shouldn't be an issue. You know, a hundred, two hundred, fifty, three hundred dollars just to put something on a contract, not a problem. Interesting, interesting. And let's say you you get a yes, right? You you get someone who's who's willing to. Um, you know, take you up on this offer, what sort of team do you need to put together? That's a good question. So I would say get the following people. One, you need a real estate attorney. The laws in the state of Georgia where I live are vastly different than the laws of Illinois and the laws of Nevada and the laws of Texas. I don't know these laws. I pay attorneys to tell me if I am in compliance or out of compliance, if what I'm doing is legal or not, and how I can make sure that I'm in compliance with the law. So absolutely get a real estate attorney that is super, super, super crucial to your overall success in real estate. And worth the cost. (laughs) Absolutely. Totally worth the cost. Totally, totally worth the cost. I cannot tell you how many times a real estate attorney has saved my behind because I was aggressive in a deal and that attorney said, hey, you know what? Nope. You need to take a step back because you know, the terms of this deal just don't make any sense. Totally worth it. The second type of person is a contractor. Find a contractor that you can rely on that says, you know what? I got your back. I'm going to go take a look at how much in repairs this property needs. I'm going to report back to you exactly how much in repairs the property needs. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cheat you. Nothing. And sometimes you're going to have to go through two or three or four contractors to find the right one. But once you find that one or two, man, I mean, your life becomes so, so easy. And now once you start doing a volume of deals, you're going to need a pretty savvy accountant, CPA, to help you with your taxes. Now, there's so many folks that are still running a sole member LLC and they're being hit so hard in taxes because their deal volume is 10 to 15 deals a month and they're rolling it in. I mean, you need to make sure that you have that right accountant that can say, hey, you know what? You might want to do something a little bit different with your entity structure than what you have going on. So having those three key pieces in play initially are it's just it's super, super important. You got to do it. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot stress the value enough for a CPA, especially if you're uh, running your own business or you know, even if you're dabbling in anything like real estate investing, super important. You got it. So are there uh, hot markets that you're finding right now kind of out in different different spaces? I am. So if you take a look at your large markets, and you you mentioned two of them, you got LA, Chicago, add to the list. I mean, any major metropolis area, right? You got Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, Miami, um, Seattle, New York, Philly. I mean, all of these are just huge, huge, huge cities. What I suggest and what I'm seeing in 2017 and even 2018 as the markets kind of changed a little bit because the real estate market's been hot the last year, year and a half, two years. Everybody's making money in real estate. You can see it. You know, you have all the gurus coming out. Everybody's selling real estate programs, your weekend, how to buy and flip a house in 36 hours type people. They're out and about making money off of the ignorant. Don't buy into that stuff. All you need to know is when those people come out, the market is hot. And so where I'm finding deals is 
Go to your drive until you qualify neighborhoods. Take a car, start in the middle of Atlanta, start in the heart of Atlanta, and start driving east, west, north, south, wherever, until you start finding signs in the yard that say, hey, you know what? Owner, uh, uh, owner financing. Until you start seeing signs in the yard that, offer, that are offering rebates, that are offering promotions on homes, then you might be in a little bit of a gold mine. And quite frankly, that's where I'm buying right now. You know, my, all my new construction deals, they're in Atlanta just because we've held on to them for the last year, year and a half, waiting for the market to, be, to come to its peak. But now I'm looking for deals outside of Atlanta. The market, there's too much competition in Atlanta for me to justify, say, a single family buy and hold a rental for cash flow. It doesn't make any sense. The numbers don't support it. So where am I going to go? I'm going to go to Douglasville, which is you know, 30, 40 minutes west of Atlanta on Interstate 20, where I'm bound to found, find a house between 80 and 110, $120,000 that I could rent for $1,000, $1,100 a month. Because people are finding Atlanta too expensive to live in, why pay the HOA fees that are three, $400 a month on top of my mortgage, on top of everything? No need for that. God's out the city. Yeah, very good advice. So think, think outside of what, you know, everybody, I think when they're new to real estate investing, they want to think about these hot markets, you know, oh, I, you know, in Los Angeles, I could, you know, flip a house and make, you know, 250000 or whatever it may be. But, you know, with that comes a lot of headaches, too. So I love the advice about, you know, driving to other areas, you know, kind of going outside of maybe where you think might be hot. And that's actually the area that's hot. That's right. And that's where everybody is. What's interesting is all these hedge funds, they're, they're talking about how hot Atlanta is and all this stuff. They want you to hear that. They want you to be investing in Atlanta so you can buy their inventory that they're not buying or they want to sell to you. Where do you think they're buying? Where, they, where, do, you, where do you think they right. themselves, the big people in New York or wherever? I mean, it's sure, some of them are buying in downtown Atlanta, those that have the million, gajillion, billion, 18 zeros behind uh, their, their most recent raise. But where are they going? They're going to places like Macon. They're going to places like Douglasville where they can buy a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house for $100, $110,000 cash. And investors like us, investors like the millennials that we're talking to that are listening right now, you don't have to even put up $100,000, $110,000 cash. And you partner with people. You have banks. You have different lenders, different private investors that once you pitch your vision to them, they'll lend you money. And that's how you're able to secure the right smart capital so you can grow your real estate business. Absolutely. I love it. So as we kind of wrap up, tell me a little bit about uh, what, what your business looks like now. How have you evolved over the years? Great question. So I started my uh, real estate investment uh, firm in 2008. It's called Summon and Crown. And today, well, when we first started, we were in and out of deals. We were testing the market. We're figuring out what makes sense, what, make, what doesn't make sense, what markets we should be going into. And we did a good amount of lending back at, back in those days. We figured out, okay, hey, you know what? We like the single family area here. We don't like the rental area there. We like the flip world here. And now we do a good 30, 35 projects a year. We have a couple of subdivision developments that we're doing a little outside of Atlanta. And we're also this year focusing specifically on portfolios of single family rentals and apartment complex acquisition. Again, I'm, I'm seeing the market shift, and I'm very interested in cash-flowing property and cash-flowing real estate. 
And that is what we're focusing on. Very fascinating. Love it. So if listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? Great question. You can find me online. I live, breathe social. Just look me up. Go to realestatedealtalk.com. I do a bunch of videos and I have a radio show and I think I'm going to be starting a podcast at some point in time very soon. But uh, real estate deal talk. Yep. Realestatedealtalk.com is where I live. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Abby, for joining us. This has been fantastic. And I know it's going to spur on a ton more questions about real estate that I can't wait to uh, have you on again to, to talk about. Most definitely. Thank you very much, Shauna. All right. So I hope that that interview with Abby helped answer a few of your questions, at least about real estate investing and, you know, how do you actually figure out if something is worth investing in? But I hope it also did show you that, you know, to start investing in real estate, if that's something you're super passionate about, you don't need a ton of money. You don't need a ton of great connections. You just need a little, little spark and, um, kind of a go-getter attitude. And you can really cultivate, you know, an awesome career or an awesome side hustle for yourself. It certainly isn't without pain points. It certainly isn't without frustrations, um, all sorts of things I've kind of seen with various people who, who do real estate investing. But for those who are really smart about it, who build a really strong, strong network, you know, have good mentors like Abby talked about, it could really be a great way to kind of add to your financial future. So head on over, check out Abby. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to hit the contact button in the show notes and send me over questions so we can make sure that we, you know, have a bunch of questions next time we chat with Abby. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Snapchat at Shauna Game and Instagram at Millennial underscore money. 